Coming up with the New York football giants preparing for the Philadelphia Eagles in week 18, we go ahead and give a tip of the cap to one Julian Love and also discuss which key New York football giants names that you're not thinking of to get a real confidence boost in the final game of the season. Ah, yes, my friends, it's OGP, the one giant podcast where we are your hosts over here, Adam Armbrecht over there, Andrew Makowitz, who is healthy, wealthy and wise as always. Adam doing good, excited about some of the some of the things coming up for the Giants. Obviously, they have this week 18 matchup against the Eagles. Don't necessarily know what's going to happen, but we'll get into it in the show, right? You better believe it, man. We're going to, um, we're, I think I'm going to take it a little bit of a different direction. We've been asking that question to play or, you know, they're going to play, they're going to rest all these things. I have a more definitive decision about that, I think. And then we'll discuss which players can benefit from this final game of the season. But before we do a guy who we talked about, and we've actually talked about throughout the season, and we've made mention of this in the off season, Wondering what was going to happen, who was going to be a part of this team. Julian Love was a name that you and I both kind of looked at and said, it's not because we didn't like him when he was drafted, but he's been shuffled around this defense, can't seem to find a home for himself, and then cut to. Julian Love is one of the captains of the team. He's one of the vocal leaders on the defensive side of the ball. He's had to step up in a big way with injuries to Xavier McKinney. We know they drafted Dane Belton, but he didn't come banging down the door to take on a starting role immediately. And then even the absence of a Dory Jackson really pushed us in the direction of saying we need consistency and reliability. Julian Love has been that every step of the way, and he was awarded with the George Young Good Guy Award. I mean, Adam, you mentioned it. Uh, it, it is worth noting, you know, in the offseason, we kind of said, is there a role for Julian Love? He, We, we don't necessarily know where he's going to fit in. Uh, boy, were we wrong. Hand up. It feels like the transformation of Julian Love is 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 alive and well. I, I think one of the interesting things you mentioned it, we, we talk about Jabril peppers, leaving the team. We talk about yep. Logan Ryan getting cut. We talk about Xavier McKinney getting in his ATV accident. The secondary has been all over the place for the giants, especially at the safety position. Yep. Julian love really provided some stability, some consistency and leadership in an area that giants desperately needed after letting go of these veterans in the off season. And I think I think the big part of it for me too is, and it's not it's not being retroactive in terms of my opinion of it, but it was the kind of thing where you thought, where's the real value of Julian Love if it's a rebuilding year for the Giants, right? Because okay, he's a fourth year guy, maybe he can carve out a role. And and the impact of having Wink Martindale come in, we talked about this early in the season, in preseason, early in the first few weeks of the year, his defensive acumen and taking players and their skill sets and finding different and creative ways to utilize everyone has certainly changed perceptions on a lot of guys too. But a big part of it was if you're rebuilding, you drafted Dane Belton, let's get that kid out there, right? When you start to win football games and Julian Love is being a key contributor, it, it becomes that much more valuable to have a player like that. I think he is a great, good team kind of player to have in the locker room as opposed to if you're going in another direction. And you did mention, you know, Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, certain guys that organizationally they just want to move away from. I think they had to, Joe Shane, strike the right balance of 
Who are guys that we don't, veterans or otherwise, that we don't want to have in the locker room from a leadership standpoint? Not negatively, but just we want to go in our direction. And then who are young players that maybe could be a part of the future? I think we talked about it at the bye week. Julian Love is right in that group of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley of guys that it looks like the Giants organization are going to want to have real conversations about bringing back for the long term. You mentioned that he also was nominated a captain in the offseason. Uh, a lot of that had to do with his special teams and, and otherwise. Yep, but yep. remember, captains are voted by the players. The other players on the team looked at Julian Love, even though he was kind of the jack of all trades, played multiple positions for this defense in previous seasons. They looked at him and said he is a leader on this team. And then Wink Martindale doubled down and said he is going to be our starter. He is our guy. Yeah. And really, he it has paid off in spades for Wink Martindale and that defense. We mentioned on yesterday's show, like the number one memory that I have is the Julian Love interception against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. It, it really is the the pinnacle of, of saying the Giants are now here. They're competing and now beating playoff Super Bowl aspirational type teams. And that's a stark difference from, from the last five years, Adam. Oh, of course, man. So a tip of the cap to him. It's a nice way to wrap up the NFL season with, again, just this players for the Giants that have stepped up in big ways and we hope are a part of the future. The other thing that we want to talk about, so we've done this um, We've done this now a couple of times because it's the theme here. We brought it up for five minutes, ten minutes, debated it. So, you know, Will the Giants play or rest against the Philadelphia Eagles? I, I, I was of two minds about it, and now I think you inevitably have to play some level of starters because there's not enough guys to bench everybody. But I think more importantly in this game coming up is less about the key starters. So if Saquon's going to play for a series or something great, or Daniel Jones, et cetera, you want them to feel in rhythm. You mentioned Saquon saying, I'm preparing, I'm preparing to play. Doesn't really speak volumes about thinking that he's going to play. I actually think that it's far more critical for some backup players to get key reps because there's a good chance they may be needed over the course of the playoff run. So I thought offensively and defensively, Let's just kind of throw out two guys on each side of the ball that we think this game could be valuable for you. Uh, you let me know, man. I got two guys on the offensive side that I think are very interesting to look at. Um, where do you want to start? Yeah, so I think the first one that I'll start with, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. I think, I mean, it probably goes without saying, and you may say that I'm crazy, but I mean, Kenny Galladay is going to get a ton of reps while he's out there. And like, while he may be gone at him and he may not have a chance to do anything, he is not one of the starters for the Giants. And so for me, it's like, can he show that he's still motivated? Can he show that he can still contribute in any capacity? We've seen the wide receiver room lose Colin Johnson, Sterling Shepard, Wandell Robinson. We've seen injuries to other guys like Richie James getting concussions. There is a world where he may have to step in and play if something happens to, say, Isaiah Hodgins. I I'm just curious to see if, he if he's motivated enough knowing that he's probably out the door at the end of the season. So I'm curious to see how it looks with Kenny Galladay. Uh, I, it's not it's not a bad take. I'm going to go away from it for the simple fact that Kenny Galladay is not going to be a factor in the playoffs for the New York football Giants. When it comes to the playoffs, I'm going to look at, you know, and if I wanted to go non-playoff, you know, critical, I wouldn't hate seeing Khalil Pimpleton get some reps. We all know he's my guy. I want to get a little flavor. But Marcus Johnson would be the guy that I look at because he's a guy that's played for the team. He's gotten reps. And if we're thinking about the playoff run, if something happened to a Darius Slayton, to an Isaiah Hodgins, if you needed a guy to step in, 
I, I personally think that the coaching staff is looking at Marcus, Marcus Johnson far sooner than they're looking at Kenny Galladay because he flat out hasn't played any games, right? There's been some health with Marcus Johnson. He's been overtaken by Isaiah Hodgins. And right now it's the Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Richie James, you know, three-headed monster at the wide receiver room. I think that Marcus Johnson is a guy, hey, catch a couple of balls. Just, you know, have four targets make three catches and just feel like you're ready to step in and step up if you need to. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and give me your feedback. I, go ahead. I no, I, I think it's funny because it, it, listen, imagine I told you there was a world going into the season that I look you dead in the face and I say, Kenny Galladay has been on this roster the whole year. He has been healthy and Marcus Johnson has caught more passes and has more yards than Kenny Galladay. Yes, you would have looked at me and been like, Who's Marcus Johnson? That would have been the first question you had for me. Once once the shock of like who Marcus Johnson is <laughs> right. goes away, you'd be like, there's something wrong with Daniel Jones, or we must be in a rebuilding year. We must get away from it. So I I, I, I agree with you. He probably is next in line to be a contributor for the Giants. It's just fascinating to me that we're even saying that, considering $18 million Kenny Galladay is sitting off to the side. Oh, 100%. And I think this, we talked about this all year, and it's not a knock. It's, you know, um, there, were, there were several times when, when you would bring up that price tag that's associated with Kenny Galladay. And it was, it was understandable. And also, at a certain point, it's like, it just doesn't matter anymore. Like, he's just a guy. You ignore the dollar signs and you think about if he's being productive inside of this room. The other position that I think could be critical here, it was funny. I was going to look at the offensive line at, at a certain point. And the only guy that really jumped out was Tyree Phillips because he's filled in admirably at times. And, and quite frankly, as good as Evan Neal has been in his rookie year, right? So you want to see him play well if he's going to be in a fill-in spot. But I almost feel like that's consistent. I'm not going to mention Matt Pert because I don't think it's going to look good no matter, no matter what you do with him at this point. I think the tight end position becomes really important. Remember, the Giants went out and picked up Nick Vanette. And then they also had Lawrence Kazier, who had a couple of step-up times came into that starting role when Bellinger was down. He's a more athletic tight end, can get out there and be a pass catcher. Again, if we're thinking about the playoffs and if we're thinking about the Giants and offensive coordinator Mike Kafka and these little wrinkles or possibilities, a guy like Marcus Johnson, I think that's a safety valve. But a guy like Lawrence Cager, or maybe it ends up being Van Nett because they picked him up, just this little, oh, Maybe you weren't paying attention to the second or third string tight end on our roster, and all of a sudden, one big play for a guy like Lawrence Cager over the middle could be the difference maker in one of these games. So I'd like to see the tight end backups see a little bit of that. And if you look at the depth chart, Daniel Bellinger, if you're going to save him, and you probably should because he's a rookie and he's had injuries this year, those two tight ends are going to see reps in this game. Yeah, I, I mean, it is interesting. I looked at the offensive line as well, and I, I don't know. I feel like we'd be forcing it to say, like, we need to see Matt Pert show out. You're the starter like, starter, it's all over. Yeah, the starters are going to be there. The, the other positions, you have a little bit more of a rotation, like people can see the field. If Matt Pert comes in in a playoff game, something has gone wrong for the Giants, obviously. Yes. The only other person I would mention on the offense that uh, may have an opportunity to do something in limited snaps would be Gary Brightwell. You think yeah, about the yeah, Giants wanting that. to dictate the run game, right, Adam? You think about Saquon Barkley's obviously the focal point. Matt Breida has shown to be a competent number two. But every Giant fan knows that when Gary Brightwell runs the ball, he runs like it's the last time he's ever going to get a carry in the NFL. And yep. a lot of people can appreciate that. There may come a time, whether it's on special teams, in the in the return game, or it may be you know, we need to spell Saquon and we need to run some tough yards up the middle – don't be surprised if Gary Brightwell looks pretty good in this last you know, week 18 game against the Eagles. And you say, 
maybe he warrants getting a handful of touches when, you know, in, in the playoffs, if Saquon Barkley needs a rest. Yeah. The other thing that I wonder about, and this is something I don't want to overstate it because I don't, I don't want to be inaccurate around the ability to call up and send back down guys from the practice squad. Because if you look at it from that standpoint, um, I would not anticipate, you know, uh, you mentioned Gary Brightwell. I wouldn't anticipate Corbin getting called up here for, you know, a one-off unless you're going fully deep into your depth bag and looking to keep as many starters away from the field. Because even the way we're talking about it, you know, tight end, maybe not. But you, when you mention a guy like Brightwell or Brita, you also are safeguarding against the idea of, well, what if Saquon Barkley needs a breather? What if he, you know, whatever. You want to have your best backups available for you too when it comes to playoff time. So maybe the Giants get a little bit deep into the practice squad bag. I only bring that up to say, when I look on the defensive side, I go in and I think about, listen, Michael McFadden's been playing uh, better football as the season has gone on. I think you're starting to see why they wanted to go in that direction. Landon Collins has been a key factor both in the linebacking core and also in coverage, big pick six against the Colts, obviously. Maybe I look inside that linebacker room and I say, is it going to be a call-up for a Quincy Roche perhaps in a spot start? Carter Coughlin, Timon Fox, like, and, and even to the, the level, another extent there, a guy like Oshane Eximenez, who has filled in admirably. I want to just see these guys come in and look. Potentially, maybe you're playing against backups, too. You should be better then, right? You should be able to look a little bit dominant, potentially, in some series against Philadelphia. So in that linebacking core, show me some consistency in case we need some reps, because let's be realistic here. It's not like Jalen Smith is a pro bowler. Like anyone in that linebacking core needs to be capable of stepping up at cold. So I think you've seen with Wayne Martindale's defense, not having that middle linebacker available, even though Jalen Smith was after practice trying to figure out run blocking. And like, you saw some videos of it over the last day. Right. To, to be honest with you, you know, Landon Collins has filled in pretty admirably in this hybrid role, and and he really seems excited to be back with the Giants. What a boost he gave in his pick six, right? By the, by the way, listed as the backup to Julian Love and the backup to Micah McFadden. So that 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 you know that's where he's playing these days. He's a football player, and Wink just wants to get him on the field. They don't really know where to categorize him, but they'll bring him in in different sets depending on yep. what they need. Uh, the first name that came to my mind was was Oshane Eximenez. To your yep. point, Adam, because the way the Giants are successful in the postseason is going to be getting after the opposing team's quarterback. We've yeah. seen when Aziz Ojolari is healthy and Kayvon Thibodeau is healthy, this team can get after the quarterback. We have a pass rush that we haven't had in quite a while, but we know Kayvon missed a few weeks early on in the season. We know Aziz Ojolari has been banged up quite a bit. There are going to be rotational moments where O'Shane Eximenez is going to have to contribute in the postseason. Yep. It may be that one pressure. It may be that one pass rush. Seeing him get a little bit more confidence, he has two sacks on the season. He may need to be someone to get a critical sack in a critical moment against a team like the Minnesota Vikings. Well, let's be honest. It doesn't even, you know, I, I agree with you. It's like, doesn't even need to be the sack or the big pressure or whatever. It just means come in and be consistent, right? Have there be a swing pass out of the backfield where you stunt down towards the line of scrimmage and then recognize and get outside and help wrap that play up, right? Like some of it is just, don't come onto the field for a rep or two. And I think O'Shane has really shown uh, showed big growth underneath Wink Martindale. This falls into more of like the if some deeper depth guys were out there. And by the way, it's week 18. doesn't need to be a problem this week. But in the playoff picture, it's like, hey, if I needed you for a rep or two, could I rely on you to get the job done and not have it be, boy, when this one player came off the field, all of a sudden we were a leaky sieve. And in that vein, maybe even whether you want it to be a Justin Ellis, a Ryder Anderson, right? Someone inside of there, you want to put Mondo into that mix, just knowing that, hey, 
Dexter Lawrence, if there's one guy that shouldn't say, I don't care who's playing, you probably shouldn't let Dexter Lawrence see the field. Because one, I don't think it matters if he's like repped up or ready to go. I don't think he needs that for consistency's sake. And if he were to miss or not be able to play or suffer an injury, he, he is as critical as anyone on this team to their success because we've seen what that defensive front looks like when he is not on the field. Yeah, he is. Of all the players, losing him would be a significant blow to the yeah. Giants if you're really preventing against injury. To your point, there's you know, you're getting 20 cents on the dollar with anyone that backs up Dexter Lawrence. He is a Pro Bowl caliber player. Yeah. The, the one place that I go, and, and maybe, maybe this is a little far-reaching for other people, but for me, obviously you have Julian Love. We want to make sure that he's okay. Behind Julian Love, you have Jason Pinnock, who has performed admirably since coming over from the Jets. He has a 62.9 pro football focus rating. I don't, I think he's going to be a contributor, but Adam, you did spend the draft pick capital and assets on our main man, Dane Belton. Belton. We, we did it. And, (laughs) and to be honest, he was inactive against the Colts last week. So this could be an opportunity for him to get real practical game reps to be able to kind of get his feet back underneath him, had some early struggles in the season. And Adam, I know this is probably thinking too far ahead, but just keep in mind, Julian Love is a free agent at the end of the year. Jason Pinnock has played well. If Dane Belton can show that he can be a backup type of player in the safety position, maybe that gives you a little bit more comfort if Julian Love gets a godfather offer by another team. Yeah, I, I I love it, by the way. And so there's two sides of this. The one side of it is playoff preparation and knowing that someone can step in and contribute. And then the other side is a young player getting just just getting more reps, right? Just getting reps that can be valuable when you get to the offseason and how you feel about them. And the inactives, again, I think this is the evolution of the season for the Giants. As you win more football games, as you feel like you're going to be making the playoffs, you start to look to. Pinnock. You start to look to veteran guys so that you can solidify and cement what you have. I would have loved for Dane Belton. I think the injuries early in the season kind of really maybe derailed what his trajectory could have been. I'd love it for it to be that he's one of the key contributors going to the playoffs as a backup. It doesn't look like it's going to be the case, and that's okay. So there's this kind of balance of just want to see if it's a young guy. I want to see that developmental track. And if it's a backup veteran, I want to see consistency and reliability should the Giants need to lean on him. Listen, um, the other things that we're going to talk about when it comes to tomorrow's episode, the preview episode, we're going to take a look at, I mean, the, the, the prediction is going to be a little loose. I think Andy's bet of the week is going to be a real crapshoot for him because there's a chance that nobody plays and who knows which way he's going to go, but he's having some success this season. So you're going to want to be a part of that. Um, Defensive touchdown last, last game, Landon Collins, it was seven to one on your money. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. There right. are there are some nuggets, diamonds in the rough that maybe we could find for everyone. And he's better the week, not saying, just saying. Um, but but this this week, uh, we'll get into also then the playoff picture for everybody, right? There's a lot that can happen here. The Eagles could fall. The Cowboys could end up in the number one seed. What happens with San Francisco and the what feels like a foregone conclusion win over the Cardinals, right? The Vikings. How's it going to shake out in the NFC? Seattle, Detroit, Green Bay, all still in that picture. The AFC, we know it, it, there's something that's going to go on there as far as how they figure out that missed game with the Bills and the Bengals. But ultimately, the back end of it, that's going to be a play-in to win for certain teams, et cetera. So we'll have a little bit of fun with that on tomorrow's show. But I do think the luxury that the Giants have right now coming into this of saying, yeah, maybe we're going to arrest all of our key guys. That's not something that even I think in your wildest dreams of this season, you were never going to look at it and say, 
I think the New York football giants will have a playoff spot locked up going into the final week of the season, and they'll be able to make strategic decisions about their roster. In that way, man, this has been a 10 out of 10, 1,000 out of 1,000 perfect season as far as the agenda or goals that Dable and Joe Shane may have set and what this team has accomplished. I love it, Adam. I'm excited. We, like you said, it's going to be a little bit of a high-level thing tomorrow. At the end of the day, this game doesn't really matter for the Giants. There are bigger ramifications and bigger fish to fry. But the Giants have a football game. It means something. And we'll get into everything based on some of the injury reports and everything else that the Giants have over the next day or so. You better believe it. You get over to YouTube. You get over your podcast feed. That's where we're doing this thing. We're not just talking out into the ether here. You guys are seeing us. It's happening right now. So go support us as we continue our push towards 2,000 subscribers on the YouTube feed. And, and all the playoffs long, I think what we will set tomorrow is playoff predictions. Once we know what happens, everyone's in. And then we'll go a little head-to-head for the NFL playoffs over the next month. So be sure to be tuned in for that. In the meantime, until the next time, as Andrew Makowitz would want, need, and nay, demand the people know. As always, let's go Big Blue.